Good evening. We are in the process of discussing how to make coffee and tea on Shabbos. So what we're going to do this week, I'd like to finish off the process, because there's quite a bit more that we still need to discuss. But in order to do that, we need to really be clear on everything that we've discussed in the previous year. So though I've, in the last few couple of years, I haven't really done much Chazor from one year to the next, but I think this tonight we're going to go back, not over everything that we discussed, but the basic principles of Bishel, which are relevant to tea and coffee making, and cocoa making, and instant soups, and, and uh, all that type of thing. We'll discuss that Mr. Shem in the year, but let's run through the basic principles again, because it's extremely important that we have, we have clarity on it, and then we can begin to discuss the, uh, the other areas of coffee and tea making. We, we spoke about the modern coffees last, in the previous year, and we'll expand that to making instant coffees and real coffee with ground beans, real tea, etc., and the different bits and pieces that one has to be aware of when one makes coffee and tea in all those different ways. So the first thing we need to remember is that the different levels of bishel, the different levels of vessels and at what stages they can cook and what stages they can't cook. So we discussed last in the last year, in the previous year, that a keli rishon, that's a keli which is on the fire, or keli that's been on the fire and is now off the fire, but it's the same original vessel that was heated up on, on the flame, that's considered a keli rishon. Inside the keli rishon, uh, whether it's on the fire or off the fire, anything they put inside it will cook. Anything that goes inside the keli rishon will cook, whether it's liquid, whether it's a solid, it'll always cook. Of course, we know that something which has been previously cooked, can't be cooked again if it's a solid. So a solid cooked item, a piece of schnitzel, if it's put inside a keli rishon, that's not going to cook again. You can't put it inside a keli rishon that's on the flame because you'd have a problem of returning an, a, a food item onto a flame of shabbos, which is also. But we, regarding the bishul process, putting it back into a keli rishon is not going to change the, the status of that product. It will transform it, but not in a bishul sense, in, not in, in a, in a Hilchus Bishel sense, and therefore that's not called cooking. But anything uncooked which goes into Kedirishan will be cooked. Whether that Kedirishan is on the flame or whether it's off the flame. If you have a pot of water which has just come off the fire or been off the fire for a few minutes, it might, it have, might have cooled down a little bit. It hasn't reached below Yad Seleder's point. You then put a food, uh, a food item into it, a non-cooked food item, it will cook. It will cook. It's not the heat, not the temperature of the heat that worries us, though temperature of the heat is one of the the aspects of a kedirishim, which one has to, be, which is relevant, but it's the fact that it's a, a heat contained in a kedirishim. The walls of that kedir, the walls of that vessel, contain a heat which is powerful enough to be able to cook an uncooked food, even if there's no flame there in direct contact. That's the kedirishim. We then move to what's known as iru kedirishim. This is extremely important in tea making. If I pour from a kedirishim onto a uncooked food. So I take my hot urn and I open the tap and that water pours out and it comes from the urn straight onto, <coughs> straight onto a uncooked food or uncooked liquid, I, uh, that would be considered cooking. It might not be considered cooking at the same level as in a kedirishim. It may only be cooking a kedai clipper, only a small amount of it, but it will cook. It will definitely, there will be a cooking process taking place with the water which comes from a kedirishim and pours onto an uncooked food. Now again, that kedirishim doesn't have to be on the fire. I can take a pot off the fire and pour the water from the pot onto an uncooked food. That uncooked food will be cooked. It will be cooked. It will it'll cook. And therefore, there is a cooking process taking place here from kedirishim by pouring the liquid from kedirishim onto an uncooked food. That's the, the, the first two stages. Kedirishim and irrokedirishim. Kedirishim cooks. 
irrecalibration also cooks. Extremely important to remember those two, those two rules. The third level of vessel that we have is a kedishani. Kedishani means I take water that's been cooked in a pot on a fire or in an urn, which is directly connected to the fire. I transfer it to a second vessel. I transfer it to a glass vessel or I transfer it to a metal vessel. Or it makes no difference. One cup to a pot makes not a slight bit of difference. I take what was in the original pot, the original urn, that was on the flame, and I transfer it to a Kedishani, a second vessel. That second vessel is called the Kedishani. Since the walls of that vessel have never been in direct contact with fire, it hasn't been heated up through a flame, the contents of a Kedishani cannot cook. Cannot cook. We take on a Kedishani, cannot cook. Strange enough, you know, when we were in Yeshiva, we used to have these little metal... What do you call them? Um, elements that you would just, they're extremely dangerous because if you got a, the water a little bit too high the whole, the whole yeshiva blew up but you used to put them into a cup and make a cup of coffee with them if you put that into your cup that would be called a kedirishin because there you have the original vessel which is in contact with the flame how the flame is in contact doesn't bother me uh, if the contents of the original pot have been heated up via heat that's called a kedirishin, that cooks pouring from that also cooks transferring it to a Kedishani and then having the liquid in a Kedishani that won't cook it will cook however what we would call Kale Habishu something is called Kale Habishu that will cook and there's a Machlech is whether we are what's called Kale Habishu today we don't really know what's called Kale Habishu and therefore we're worried we try to avoid putting anything that's not cooked into a Kedishani except for things which are clear in Chazal that can't be cooked in a Kedishani so for instance water, oil cinnamon, different spices are, are Chazal tell us don't cook in a Kedishani and then we're safe, we know that they, those definitely don't cook in a Kedishani but anything else does cook the source of this is a uranium or smoke it comes from one of the Rishonim, the early, very early Rishonim well, not the earliest, but one of the early Rishonim who talks about putting bread in your soup are you allowed to put bread into a Kedishani? now we know that bread has not been cooked and the uranium holds that once something's been baked you can still cook after it's been baked, yes, bishul acha afia, and he said, tells us if you put your bread into a kedishani, that's going to be a problem because bread is considered kaliabishul. Why bread is considered kaliabishul? He doesn't actually explain. Is it because bread is bread, or is it because something which has been baked has partially been cooked, and therefore for the cooking process to be completed, it doesn't need such a, a tremendously concentrated level of heat? Even a kedishani can cook it. Not clear, but that. He tells us that bread will cook in a kedishani. That's why we don't take our challah and dip it in our soup if our soup's a kedishani. Is a ladle considered another, another intermediary vessel that can tr- push along the soup plate to a kedishani? Is a discussion that's not relevant for us tonight, but there's a discussion whether a ladle is considered a vessel or not. Modern ladles, if, if you buy a ladle which is made out of uh, silicone, usually they don't heat up. Silicone doesn't get hot. So if you use a silicone ladle, but touch it after you put you put it in the soup for a few seconds, it's still still not it's not hot. It's not like a metal ladle which would heat up and eventually take take on the heat of the of the original kedirishin. Or even plastic can get hot for a short while. Silicone gets much less hot. And it's possible a silicone ladle would be considered a kedishani, and then your soup would be considered a kedishlishi. Whether you're allowed to put bread into kedishlishi is a different discussion. Again, that's not relevant for tonight. But kedishani can only cook kalehabishi. <coughs> then we have irritating, taking the second pot and pouring it onto an uncooked food or kedish dishi, they have the same status, 
there we say there's very, almost nothing that will be cooked in the Kedish dish except for something which is really considered kale kale abishol. I mean something which is really sensitive uh, for example uh, uh, an egg an egg is something which cooks very very easily it doesn't need a very concentrated or strong source, source of heat for an egg to cook eggs cook very very quickly therefore Kedish dish may be sufficient heat to cook an egg so that is sufficient heat to cook an egg making tea and this is something we'll discuss again a bit later making tea in a Kedish dish is a huge discussion is tea, tea leaves, real tea leaves, which we find in tea bags, is that called kaleabishal? Is it not called kaleabishal? It's a huge discussion. We will mention that a bit later. So now we have the, the order of the order of vessels which cook, and it's extremely relevant because we're going to discuss making tea essence in a moment. And tea essence solves a lot of problems, but creates some of its own new problems, which we have to be very clear on how to make tea essence. So, Kaleabishal cooks. Irritation, poor irritation would also cook. Kedushani only cooks kaleabishal, but we don't know what kaleabishal is today, so we've actually spread it to a very broad spectrum of foods that are under the ban of kaleabishal. We do know, for instance, that something which has already been cooked, even liquid, which is cooled down, won't cook in a kedushani, and uh, <coughs> certain other foods will not cook in a kedushani. But the bulk of the foods we don't have much knowledge about. We're, we're unfortunately, we've lost our ability to to clarify some of the things that Chazal actually said to us. So in order to be careful, we're talking about here, Malachah Deraisa, or Vishal, we're talking about something which is, can be serious. Uh, you might have to bring a Chathos and a Beis English for making a cup of tea if we get it wrong. So in order to get it right, we try to be careful. Kedish Lishi, Ira Kedish Lishi, Pouring from a Kedish Lishi, or in a Kedish Lishi, can't cook at all, unless it's something which is really sensitive, like an egg, maybe, maybe, tea bags. Maybe tea bags. This is a huge machlek, is where the tea is called Kali Kali Vishal, if it's not. Something which has already been cooked, something which has already been cooked, we mentioned a few moments ago, can't be recooked. So a, a solid which has been cooked can't be recooked. A solid which has been baked, as we mentioned a few moments ago, could perhaps be recooked. So you can have yes, bishlach here. If it's a liquid which has been cooked, so I've boiled my soup and it's cooled down, if it's cooled down beyond the point where I would actually drink it. Now, the point of drinking is not yet to let us boil. I like my coffees, I don't like them hot. You put my finger in my coffee when I'm drinking my coffee, it's not hot at all. You can keep your finger in there for 10 minutes. So I probably wouldn't drink it afterwards, but I don't like my coffees hot. I like them drinkable. The heat that it has to go down to is below drinkable level. Much less than the other level. So if you have a liquid which has been heated up on the fire, it's hot and it's cooled down, but it hasn't cooled down it's, it completely. It's still edible, meaning you would still take that soup and drink it. It might not be piping hot. It might not be something you really enjoy, but it's it's something that would be drunk by the general public, then that's still considered cooked. And I can return that to the heat. I can't return it to the heat when I have problems of Hilfus Hazara, but regarding the halacha of Bishal, I have no problem with Bishal on that. Dabalaka, liquid, which is cooled down completely, so it's now cold, then I can't return that to any source of heat, even a source of heat which is permitted, because that would be considered cooking. That would be considered cooking. Where there's a problem again, this is just uh, a sideline. You know, sometimes you make these uh, chocolate, I don't know what you call them, uh, chocolate cakes with a, with, with a melted chocolate inside. They must have a, they must have a question. Come on. Are they called souffles? A souffle, right? We'll call it a souffle. A chocolate souffle, right? So can you put that on a source, closer source of heat? So you're going to heat up the chocolate and heat up the melt the chocolate inside. Here you have the cake itself, is a solid, no problem at all. You, it's 
cooked solid it's the batter which goes in, in as a liquid so it heats and cooks inside the oven so it's cooked you, you can heat up a cooked item a second time on Shabbos, no problem as long as you don't put it directly on, a, on the heat so you can put it on top of your urn for instance but what about my hot chocolate inside? my hot chocolate inside at room temperature I'm not sure what it is, it's probably a solid at it's not solid at room temperature it doesn't harden Sorry? When it's hot. So, okay, I'll, I'll leave all the cooking, all the cooking uh, problems to yourself. But uh, when it's hot, when it's cold, it's solid inside. So this is a discussion we've been discussing in the previous year as well. Something which is a solid at room temperature, and you then heat it up on Shabbos, it turns into a liquid. Is that called the liquid, or is that called the solid? Do we say yes, bishul achabishul? Because at room temperature, uh, at once it's heated up, it's a liquid. Or do we say at room temperature, it's a solid? So, and these are the problems where, where there are numerous areas where this is going to be relevant to your cooking on Shabbos. Chocolate soup is one of the boys we learn here for Shabbos with the boys on Wednesday night. Your son comes uh, every Wednesday night. And one of the issues when we discuss these halachas was, oh, chocolate soup We have to have chocolate soup in Shabbos. We've got to get away around this problem. Okay, so we have to find a way how to make chocolate soup in Shabbos that will still be. Edible, not too, not too dry, not too liquid. Now you know what we do on a Wednesday evening. Okay, so let's just run through just briefly what we discussed with coffee last week, and then we'll talk about the, the, the other areas of tea and coffee making, which, which are extremely important. So we discussed last week normal instant coffee and normal instant tea, and this is relevant to instant cocoa as well, if cocoa is processed. I don't know how Cadbury's is made. I think it's Cadbury's is processed. But you can get unprocessed cocoa and you can get processed cocoa. Anything which is instant has gone through a process of cooking. It has to have gone through a process of cooking. What they do is they cook the coffee, the, the, they strain the coffee bean, the ground coffee bean through liquid, which is very concentrated. They then heat it up to, to, to a very high temperature. So it evaporates and you're left with just the coffee essence, which are what we know as coffee and uh, instant coffee and instant tea. That's been cooked. Once it's been cooked, there's no problem here of bishul because ain bishul acha bishul on something which has been cooked. We did have a slight issue. Is coffee considered a solid? Is coffee considered a liquid? Because the moment you put this coffee into the liquid, it immediately becomes a liquid. So do we, do we consider it a solid? Do we consider it a liquid? Discussion in the poskin, not so straightforward, but you can definitely make a coffee with a cage slishy and probably with a cage chainy as well. No problem at all. You can make a coffee with a cage chainy because even liquid which has been cooked can go into a Kedi Shani. So an instant coffee can be made with a Kedi Shani. Meaning, I can take water from my urn into a cup, which is now a Kedi Shani, and I can pour my coffee in onto that water, and my coffee is perfectly drinkable on Shabbos. We will discuss whether I can do that because of the halakhas of Sevea a little bit later this evening in Glenada. So, that's instant coffee. Where things have changed today, and in the tea, in the, market, in the, tea, market, in the tea world, it hasn't yet reached that stage, but in the, in the coffee world, it's become the in thing now, to the extent that even Nescafe felt compelled to change its recipe of its coffee and most of Nescafe coffee now have 3% to 6% depending on sometimes 7% depending on which coffee you have of, of un, uncooked just plain coffee ground coffee bean which is being baked baked ground coffee bean and nothing else they grind it together somehow or other they have a process where they mix that together with the 
with the instant coffee and you actually see if you get a good Nescafe you'll see the little bits left sometimes a little bit you can drink them they're perfectly edible little bits of coffee left at the bottom of your cup that's because instant coffee dissolves automatically we'll explain again a bit, a bit later the process of dissolving instant coffee is relevant now locker. instant coffee dissolves this is ground coffee bean it doesn't dissolve and therefore it's uncooked so we have a problem if it's uncooked I don't have the caveat of aim bishel acha bishel so I need to make sure that I'm not cooking that 3% or 6% of coffee bean. Right? Now, to put it in a Kedi Rishna, for sure can't. To put it in a Kedi Shani, maybe it's Kali Abishal. Maybe coffee is Kali Abishal. So in order to get around the problem, we said put it in a Kedi Shishi. Not everybody agrees with this Pesach. There are one or two Rabbonim who like to be firm and say you can't make coffee on Shabbos, but I think that's been very firm, and it's a little bit out of place and it's not necessary. I think Kedi Shishi is absolutely fine, and you're not, not going to have to bring a Chathos on the basement because you build the car of Mitzvah and that's where we left off last week. What we want to discuss this week is about how to make tea essence. Some people like to have tea essence. They don't like to use instant coffee, instant tea, because instant doesn't taste very nice. So they want to make real coffee. They want to make real coffee or real tea. They buy the, the ground coffee beans and they make a real coffee and they make it really, really strong. So instead of having one cup of coffee in a coffee, they'll have ten cups of coffee in a, co- in a coffee. Strain through, uh, they'll strain through one cup through ten cups worth of of, uh, of co- ground coffee so they make a really strong essence and they want to use that as the base for my coffee and tea for Shabbos so you'll end up with a little jar of liquid which has within it concentrated tea and coffee you pour that into the bottom of a, of a cup you pour hot water over it and I now have a coffee have a coffee have a tea okay so here comes the problem and I've made this coffee I've made this tea from ground coffee beans or from ground from tea leaves so it's uncooked I've now cooked it when I make it right but it remains a liquid that liquid is now it's cooked liquid because I cooked it properly how did I cook it actually I poured it with an irrocalorition now an irrocalorition I've poured it I've made it by pouring hot water from my kettle my kettle is the calorition Right? Are you, you following me? That's why we have to go through all the different stages of the kalium again. I've taken my kettle, I've poured it through my strainer, or today it comes with modern strainers, lots of plastic pieces, uh, whatever you call them, filters. I pour it through, right? I poured it through, and pouring from a calorician cooks. So I've cooked it. But pouring from a calorician doesn't cook to the same level as a calorician itself as we discussed in the previous year, only cooks a small amount. It doesn't cook all the way through. It'll cook externally, but not all the way through. So now my tea essence have been cooked as of a irritation, but not cooked as of a calorition itself. So can I then go and take hot water from my urn, leave it in there, say I've got a, a, a little pot of water on the, on the gas. I take it off the gas. Can I pour my tea essence into a calorition of hot water? And the answer is, of course not. Of course not, because I'm cooking. They've only been cooked until now. I've only cooked them irritation. Now I'm cooking them calorician. I can't do that. Now you're looking at me as if, why am I saying this? It's not really relevant. Nobody makes coffee like that on Shabbos. And you may be right, but you must remember, tea essences are cold. Well, sometimes they're hot. Sometimes you leave them on top of the oven. But often they're cold, and you really want to get it piping hot. See, the hotter the water, the better for you. And therefore, if you can have... A, a pot of hot water on the, on the gas and you can just pour my tea into it it might be an amazing way of making hot tea I'm afraid of Shabbos you can't do that you can't take your tea essence which are cooked only in irritation makes a difference if it's hot or cold the tea essence at the moment 
and pour them into a kedushin. That's out. Now, the tea essence may be cold. Often we leave them on the side. Sometimes some people have, uh, in order to make the coffees hotter, will leave the tea essence on top of the oven to give it some sort, some sort of warmth. But very often they're cold. If it's cold, even though it's cooked, we have a rule: yesh bishul, acha bishul, lach. So when I make my tea essence, I can't put my tea essence in the bottom of the cup. Switch on the urn and let the the urn fill the cup with the tea essence in. Because when I do irritation, I'm recooking the liquid, though it's been cooked already once, but yes, you can cook a cooked liquid a second time by putting in a kedirishin or by doing irritation. And therefore, if I make my tea essence, I've got to make sure that I do not allow the hot water to come directly into the cup. With the tea essence, I've got to put the water into the cup first, and then only after that, put my tea essence into the cup. Is that clear? How to make tea essence? You've got to make sure the tea essence has to be made in a kg shani and can't be made any other way. Well, you can do a kg as well, but you'll end up with a cold. You'll end up with a cold. Uh, you can pour the hot water onto the. We're going to discuss three. We're going to discuss three. We're going to talk about three in a moment. You, you mustn't jump the gun because uh, things will go all wrong if we do that. So, are we clear how to make tea essence? We make. But they, they, they've got, they've got definitely got extracts of something. Have they been cooked? So we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that in a moment, Mitchell. We'll, we'll talk about all the other different types of things that are on the market. Just one other warning. You make a cup of tea, and you made a cup of coffee, and you made it the, the perfectly correct way. Let's talk about instant tea. You made an instant tea, you made an instant coffee in a Kadish Lishi, and you've got a beautiful cup of coffee there. But, you know, something up on the door and you have to go down to the door uh, and, you know, you can't just say, excuse me, my tea's waiting. And by the time you came back, it wasn't as hot as you like it. So your natural instinct is to take your cup, go to the top, go to the urn, and top it up with a little bit of water. You do that, you're doing irrocalurition onto something which has not been cooked with a calurition, because this is what you've got there is only a calurition and by topping up with hot water, you'll be adding water, hot water to an uncooked, in inverted commas, tea, and you'll be cooking again by adding that bit of water to the, to the cup. So you have to be extremely careful when you're making a coffee on Shabbos to remember that it's Shabbos and always keep it into the parameters of a Kedish Lishi and not move it. You can't move it from one level, upper level, at any stage of the game because the moment you move it upper level, you could be, end up causing trouble and cooking. Just as, uh, as a, an aside, if we do make tea essence, and nowadays we would make tea essence using tea bags, so what you do is you take five, six tea bags, pour your hot water onto, onto five, six tea bags, let it steep for a few minutes, and then you have your essence. Now, you should ideally take those tea bags out on Friday. If you don't take your tea bags out on Friday, you're going to end up with a new problem. Besides the fact that the tea bag will probably absorb, the, reabsorb the, the essence that you've made, which would be a shame, you're going to have a much bigger problem. When you pour the essence out, you're separating the liquid from the tea bag, which could constitute a problem of barrier of separating. 
if you allow the T level to go below the T bags, you'll then separate. As long as the water level, the T level is higher than T bags, so you have a, a cup and you've got the T bags squashed at the bottom and it's full to the top with T essence. So as long as it's above the level of the T bags, you can pour the tea out and not worry about it. You can pour a little bit of the essence into a cup and then make your tea with a kid's dishes, kid's etc., etc. The moment you reach the level of the tea bag, you're then separating the tea from the tea bags. You can't do that. Separating tea from tea bags and shabbos could be a malachal derais or bayer. So the idea is, the most ideal thing to do is take those tea bags out on Friday, then you won't have a problem. Uh, it, it may be if you if you if you're eating it straight away. But if you're not eating it straight away, then you've got problems. So you could end up with problems of bayer. Yes, you could maybe get around it, but you could end up with problems of bayer. Right, can we use a tea bag on Shabbos in a cage of Shlishi, as we mentioned before? You, you forgot to make your tea essence, you haven't got any instant tea in the house, and you can't go a day without a tea. You just can't go a day without a cup of tea. Uh, you've been brought, born, born and bred in England, a cup of tea is extremely imperative to, to your daily living. And you, you, know, you don't have any essence, you went to Sainsbury's, you don't sell it in Sainsbury's, so you came home without any tea essence. Can I make a tea on Shabbos with a tea bag? And this brings us to the problem, what is the status of tea? Is tea leaves, are they considered Kedirishan? Are they considered Kale Abishal? That means Kale Kale Abishal, or they're not considered Kale Abishal? Technically speaking, I should be able to take a tea bag, drop it into a cup, take a Kedishani, pour it on top of the tea bag, let it steep for a few minutes, and drink my tea. I shouldn't have a problem with that. But here's where the, the problem begins. The, the Orochasukal and others take on that tea is considered sensitive to cooking, and even the Kedish dish is no good. And Moshe Feinstein holds that tea is not any different than anything else. And you can cook tea in the Kedish dish. And Mr. Brewer also seems to, to imply that way. You can cook tea in a Kedish dish. So, so according to many poiskim, you can make a tea on Shabbos with a tea bag. We try to avoid it because there are those who say that tea is a color official and can't be cooked even in a Kedish dish. But there are poiskim who say that you can make a tea on Shabbos using a tea bag. You, you, the way you do it is you take the tea, you drop it into a, cup, into a Kedish dish cup of hot water, and you leave it to steep. But where the problem arises doing that on Shabbos, even if you would like to follow the view that tea is not considered Kali Abishal, how do you take a tea bag out of Shabbos? Because there, taking the tea bag out would be definitely separating the bad from the good. That would be Bayer. And you may even get into problems of Sita, because when you, when you take out the tea bag, you're going to squeeze it, or you might be sieving the water that's left in the tea bag out of the tea bag into the cup. So the only way you can do it is by taking a spoon and taking the tea bag out, but you would have to take a quantity of the liquid with you, because otherwise you're going to be, have a problem of worry. So you have to separate a quantity of liquid, it can't be a tiny little bit. It's got to be a reasonable quantity of liquid, so it looks like you're just separating liquid rather than separating the tea bag from the liquid, but you separate liquid from liquid, it so happens that the tea bag is in one part of the liquid, not in the other part of the liquid. If you did that, that would be okay. And then I'd get around the problem, I'd be able to make a tea on Shabbos with tea bags. There are people who make tea on Shabbos with tea bags, there are not many, but there are those who make tea on, on Shabbos with tea bags. Being very careful, following the, the instructions of the Moshe Feinstein. We don't have anywhere that the Kedish Tishi is cooks in case you that. If, you, if something cooks after Kedish Shani, it will cook forever until so, so it's not hot anymore. Yes? 
We're going to talk about fruities in a moment. Uh, I'm not quite sure how fruities are made, but we'll talk about them. Right. So I think we've covered now how to make tea in, 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 in through essence, through instant, modern instant, etc. We need to discuss something which has been mentioned here a few moments ago, and that's our loch of tsevea. That's our loch of tsevea of dying. Do we have a problem of dying food on Shabbos? Can I colour food on Shabbos? No. So that means that in the, in the base of Rikosh, they used to have a big pot where they heated it up and they had inside all the dyes, all the summer on them, all the different dyes, and then they would take wool and they would put the wool inside, take the wool out, and that wool would be coloured, and it would now it would hold the colour, it would take the colour, the colour would be, would be inside the wool, and it would be a purple wool, it would be a blue wool, or whatever it may be. That process of allowing the wool to, to be changed colour from white to another colour is the Malacha Deres of Tzavir. I can't die on Shabbos. I can't polish my shoes on Shabbos. That could be a Malacha Deres of Tzavir. We discussed at length in this hall, standing over there, not over here, the halachas of putting makeup on the Shabbos. It's all relevant to Tzavir. And all the different angles of Tzavir. Is there such a thing as dying food? Now, there is such a thing as dying food. For instance, if I want to make a collage of different um, grains and colour it and make a whole picture using rice and I'm going to have some brown rice and red rice and pink rice and yellow rice and using the different coloured rice I'm going to make a lovely picture if I dye that rice that's severe no question about it because I've dyed it for the dye to be taken by the rice and to remain there for a long period of time that's for sure severe nobody's going to argue with that I can dye food and I'll be transgressing the malacha of severe there's no, no discussion about that where the discussion starts is can I dye food that I'm about to eat and this is where the problem starts if I take a, make a tea, I'm taking water, and I am adding a dye, a color to the, to the liquid, is that called sever? Have I dyed the water? Have I not dyed the water? So if I take a cup of hot water, and I drop in some coffee essence, or some coffee, instant coffee granules, or instant tea granules, or a tea bag, or however, whatever you want to do, however you want to make your coffee, I've now taken white clear water, and I've colored it black, brown, whatever color it is. How do you add Rabina to water? A Rabina, yeah, it makes no difference. Rabina, yes. <laughs> but, but yeah, anything, any adding any color to a liquid, would that be called sever? Would it not be called sever? Would that be called dying or not dying? Now, if it is dying, then I can't make a a, a coffee unless I use a kedish I can't make coffee in a kedish because to put the the coffee in a kedish first would be a problem of Bishul, irritated Rishon is a bishul. To put it in second may be a problem of severe. I will be forced to use a Kedish Lishi. Now this is very interesting. The Mishnah Baruch quotes this question. and doesn't actually quote it. Mishnah Baruch quotes it in Sharitia. And it's a big mathematics. Can you die food? Is it called dying? Is it not called dying? And he therefore the Mishnah Baruch says as follows. When you're making a tea, he says, put the, don't put the tea in first and then add the water, but put the water in first and then, the other one. Don't put the water in first and then add the tea. Put the tea in first and then add the water. Now why, why is that difference? What difference is there if I put the water in first and then add the tea? If I put the tea in first and then add the water? At the end of the day, I'm still dying the water. I put tea essence at the bottom of my, I put tea granules at the bottom of my cup. That's not liquid. It's brown, but that's no liquid. I then pour lovely clear water on top of that and I've dyed it brown. What's changed? What's changed? I did actually do it, sorry, I did. How can you say I didn't do it? I put the water on top. 
I'd love something to bring me a cup of coffee, but you know, I'm sorry to say to you, I make my own coffee, except for my wife's coffee. <laughs> Well, I don't see the difference if I drop a granule in there, if I drop water on top of a granule. If I put dye into a little plate and I put the, the I put dye into, into a pot and I put the, the, the wool into the pot, or I take the, the wool and I put it in the pot and I pour the dye on top of the wool, have I done anything different? So here there's two ways to try and understand why it should be different. It could be because in the Beit HaMikdash the way it was done was one way, and this doesn't match. That means the way it was done, you had the, the liquid in, in, in the pot, and you added in your, your, your summer money, you added in your dyes to the liquid, and that's how you, 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 you would dye a liquid in the time of Bishamikdash. Therefore, that way around would be severe, the other way around wouldn't be severe. But there's another way that the uh, that Poskim understand what Mishnah means, and it could be he means like this. Severe is only if it's done the normal way. If the normal way of making coffee is by having water and then dropping my coffee on top of it, or my tea on top of it, then that would be called severe. If I make a coffee another way, an unusual way, that's not called severe. Now in the time of the Mishnah Bura, if you go back to 50, 100 years, they used to make tea by first adding the water and then adding <coughs> the tea. That's how it would be made. You'd add, you'd add the water and then you'd add the tea. For some reason or other it would, be, it would be made that way around. They would have little, little cups of tea, little cups of water, and little cups of milk, and little cups of sugar, and then you would uh, add one by one each, each bit of the ingredients. It wasn't like now, it was so it seems that that's how they used to make tea. So if they used to make tea that way, it says the Mishnah Burr, in order to get around the problem of is to make it the other way around. First put the tea in, and then put the water. But today, I, if I, I ask you to put your hands up, who makes tea by putting the water in first, and then the tea bag, or the coffee, most of you will tell me that you first put the coffee in, and then you put the water on top. There might be one of you who will say, or two of you will say, I do it the other way around, but 90% of people will make it by first putting the essence or the, or the granules into the into the cup and then you put the water on top if that's the case to put it, you have to make it the other way around to put the water in first and then put the granules in on top on Shabbos would be no problem that wouldn't be a problem with Sabbat all the Mishnah Baruch wants you to do is change it around from the normal manner and then many possible hold that A, you don't have to worry about Sabbat and Shabbos anyway because it's only a Chumrah and B, even if you want to worry about Sabbat and Shabbos the way we make our coffees if you would make it the other way around it wouldn't be a problem it wouldn't be a problem so I don't have a problem with you making coffees in a Kedish instant coffee, not coffee that's got these uh, granules in it, but pure instant tea or, or the old-fashioned instant coffee into a Kedish no problem at all. I have no problem with that at all. You can do a Kedish as well, either way around you like. If you add milk to either tea or coffee... I'll make it all fat pasteurized. And Maybe so you can't die. Again. You can't die. Someone should die already. From dark brown, it becomes whitish. I don't know if that's uh, yeah, not whitish. It's brown. It's mm-hmm. just the dark brown is lighter brown. I don't know. So that's you, you don't need to worry about that part. If you want, you can take a drop of black tea and put a bit of milk in your mouth and drink it together. I don't know. It'll be complicated. <laughs> Th- there are some people who are careful to when they drink the coffees to drink the coffee and put the sugar in the mouth. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. The Russians do that. A lot of them do that. They do that uh, before chakras, not to have sugar inside the, the coffee and chakras. So. Okay, the, the next area of, of discussion here is, is something very interesting, which is actually a question I once asked Robert Falk about 35 years ago. I asked him this question, he didn't have an answer for me. Today he's written many trubas on it. Um, but I must honestly, I don't agree with any of those trubas, and I'll explain to you why. He has a problem here. 
to make tea the way we make it, to make coffee the way we make it. You take coffee granules, um, instant coffee granules, or you take instant tea granules, and you pour hot water on it, they dissolve immediately. Now we have a rule, we have a rule that something which is a solid at room temperature, you're not allowed to dissolve it on Shabbos. So that's a problem with Asa Drabonon of Moses. To take, for instance, chicken fat and heat it so that it should melt, even if there's no bushel problems here, heat it so that it should melt, melting it is a problem of Moses. Take an ice cube out of the freezer, come to Meniposkim, and put it into a cup, the liquid which melts from that ice cube cannot be drunk because there's a problem of Moses. So what we do to get around that problem is we put a little bit of water at the bottom of the cup, and then when it melts, it melts into the water, that's not called moly, because it's not visible as the melted ice cube, because maybe this is the water that was there before. It's only drabonon, so it's a quite an easy, easy um, problem to get around. But to melt, to drink melted ice cubes, or melted fat, or anything like that, would be a problem of moly and Shabbos. So I asked for a fox 35 years ago, I don't understand how can we make a coffee in Shabbos. When I pour hot water onto my coffee, it's solid, I then put the hot water on it, it melts. And if it melts, I've turned a solid into a liquid. Now, if I drop the coffee granules into the water, that's no problem. Because the water was there first, it's like having a bit of water at the bottom of the ice cube. When the ice cube melts, it melts into the liquid, that's not moldy. Here as well, I make... But if you hold, I can't do that because of severe. And then I can't pour hot water on top of my coffee because of moldy, I can't make a coffee in Shabbos. And Rabbi Fark holds you can't make a coffee in Shabbos. You have to make coffee essence. And then I did a bit of homework, because I didn't like that. It doesn't sound right to me, and the whole world uses coffee on Shabbos, and nobody's worried about it. And I did some homework, and I realized that there are two fundamental things here which are different to normal moldage, normal melting. When I take an ice cube, I melt it, it just melts. The ice cube melts, I have what was originally a solid, and now it's a liquid. I take chicken fat, or any other type of solid like that, and it melts, it's melted. Melting means it's still there, but it's in a different form. It's in a different form. If I... When I pour hot water onto coffee, it'll be cold water for the same, for the same, for the same price. It's, it's not relevant to heat it. When I pour hot water onto coffee, I'm doing two, two different things happen. None of them are relevant to moldage. First of all, it happens instantaneously. The water and the, and the coffee mix instantaneously. I don't know if that's the same as ice cubes melting into liquid. Or is it the same as ice cubes melting on its own? It's not quite any of those scenarios. It's not melting on its own. Coffee won't melt on its own. It has to melt into liquid. So is that called melting into liquid, or is that called melting on its own? Questionable. So I'm not quite sure that actually fits the parameters of moldage. But I have a complete different issue here. Coffee doesn't melt. Coffee does not change from a solid to a liquid. Coffee gets absorbed by the water. It's a complete different... When you take your coffee, you've made your coffee, and you try and sieve that water, nothing will come out in the sieve. It'll all run through the sieve. If you take coffee granules and you make a coffee, you make a Turkish coffee and you make a real Turkish coffee and then you sieve it, but the coffee granules will remain uh, on the top of the sieve because they're real granules there. They're not melting. They're not... They're there. This will not... It doesn't melt. It's not like sugar inside my coffee. Sugar inside my coffee is just a mixture of hot sugar, liquid sugar, and my hot water with, with coffee in it. That may be a problem of moldy. Though it isn't, but that's not... That may be a problem. When I'm melting my sugar, that could be a problem of moldy. But when I say coffee, I'm not melting coffee coffee gets absorbed into the water. Coffee in its natural state is part of a liquid makeup of water. It's been taken out of the water and it's just, it's just been absorbed back into the water. There's no little dots or bits of coffee running around my coffee. That is not what Hazal meant when they said that's moldy. Moldy means to take a solid and melt it into a liquid. This doesn't melt into liquid, this disappears. It, it gets absorbed. 
absorbed is not murdered. And therefore, I don't see why this fits into the category of murder. And therefore, we have no problem, and I've discussed this with many Koshra and Poskin, they have no problem in making copy the normal way like we make it in Shabbos. Kedish Lishi. But it doesn't melt. The new copy doesn't melt anyway. The new copy just stays, it stays as a grain, as a grain. Maybe, but no, because if you have fat which melted, that, 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 and, and, it, and it now became solid, and to turn back to a liquid state is money. Yes, water, when you freeze it, you, you can because you're mixing it into something. But you can't take chicken fat and allow it to melt on its own and then drink it as a liquid. Sorry? It could be, it could be then to put in the middle of your problem. You keep it in the freezer. Once you mix it in, it's okay, I have to check it out for myself. It's frozen chicken soup. From the chicken soup, from the chicken fat. Because at room temperature, it, it, it remains solid. It, it, does, it does melt into the liquid. It's like, a, it's like a frozen liquid, it's like an ice cream. Uh, it could be a problem, let me check it out for you. <coughs> And you know what? You want to give your, chick- your chicken, uh, your, your... You know, you're just, you're just destroying everything. You're taking all the fun out of life. Okay. Let's move on. We're running out of time. Making instances. I'm not going to get involved in, in housekeeping now. That's I'll allow you to discuss afterwards. Making instant soups. Can one make an instant soup on Shabbos? So you get these uh, often cubes or often packets. Can you make an instant soup, soup on Shabbos? Technically, all the instant soups have been cooked beforehand. They're, they are, well, even a pot noodle, they've all been cooked and then they've, they've been heated to an extent that they, they almost dehydrate and there's very little left of them. When you add the water, you're rehydrating it and, and it turns into, well, for some people, an edible food. <laughs> Can you make that on Shabbos? Can you not make that on Shabbos? So at the end of the day, this is being cooked. So it's, I do it with the Shlishi. I'll do it all, but am I cooking again? I can't call it Kali Abishul, because it's been cooked. So technically speaking, I should be able to make a problem on Shabbos. I should be able to make a instant soup. The noodles have been cooked? Of course they have. They won't, you can't cook noodles by putting a bit of hot water on them. I don't think it'll work. Do you think the noodles haven't been cooked in the pot noodle? I assume they've been hot and then they've been cooked and then they've been extremely heated to... to, to, to they've been pre-cooked? I think so. But anyway, besides that we have a new problem here and here we have a problem besides the problem of Bishma Shabbos and this is a big Kiddush which the Vosna was Mechadish that when you take something which is not edible not, not edible because it's not, it's not edible because you've turned it into, into an inedible food and you then turn, you change that on Shabbos back into an edible food you, you may have a problem with macrobapathish. You're taking something which is unfinished and you're finishing it off. That could be a problem with malach or macrobapathish. Even though there's no cooking here, forget the cooking problem, there's a problem with macrobapathish, which is a big chiddish in, in Rosna. Hmm? So it's like, no, coffee is edible. 
You can put it on, on your tongue and, and eat it. It'd be better, but it's edible. Sure. No, they have the, 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 the instant noodles are not, are not edible at all. They're, 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 they're really, they're, they're, not, they're not food. It's just not food. Have you ever opened a pot noodle? It's not food. Anyway, just two more things and we'll finish. And then and, and the next year we'll move back to other areas of Shabbos Bez Hashem. Sometimes people don't have coffee cups at home, so they use plastic cups, particularly uh, in, in the bottom of Joshim, they, they use plastic cups, uh, two plastic cups for, for, for your coffee. But it does happen sometimes when you put hot water into it, the plastic cup might melt. Now, melting a plastic cup is also bishal. Melting plastic on Shabbos is also bishal. It's a problem, it could be a problem of bishal. But here you're okay because most times you do it, not most times, very often it doesn't actually melt. Uh, it doesn't always melt, only sometimes melt. I have no intention for it to melt, I don't want it to melt, right? I'd rather it didn't melt. So it's a psikresha, the loin nichele. Well, sorry, it's a dovashen mischaven, and it's not a psikresha. So dovashen mischaven, you have no intention for it to melt. So dovashen mischaven is already moved it down from the derisive to the drabbomon. And here, it's not a psikresha. So if it's not a psikresha, it's okay. So I can actually make my coffee in a plastic cup. I can make my coffee in a plastic cup. The hot cups are okay because they don't melt. They don't melt. I'm talking about the cheap plastic cups where, you know, they're really meant for cold water. Yeah. Does it melt it definitely or sometimes? Right, so if it's not for sure, then it's okay. No, you don't know if it's going to happen, you know it might happen. Then that's okay. Because you don't want it to melt, and it's and it's a double shame problem. It's not secretion. Yeah, but it's very likely. How likely? One one in in, in two. Fifty percent chance. If you tried it once and you got burnt, you won't try it. Again. <laughs> <laughs> so I suggest you try it again during the week and see if it happens every time. If it doesn't happen every time, if it doesn't doesn't happen every time, you're okay. And finally, let's just talk about cocoa for a second. You really have to be careful with cocoa. You can make a cocoa on Shabbos. There's no problem if it's cocoa which has been processed. I'm nearly sure that, that Cadbury's uh, instant is, is processed cocoa. If you buy the Stearns cocoa, for instance, just for want of a name, that's unprocessed cocoa. That's the stuff that you bake with. That's pure cocoa you can't use in Shabbos. The pure cocoa is uncooked. You might be able to use it in a Kedish Like coffee. Like coffee. But not in a, in a Kedish training. Normal instant cocoa is instant cocoa. Nesquik is normal instant cocoa. There's you only have a problem if you put it in a Kedirishin or Irikedirishin. But Kedishani or Kedishishi should be okay. So I hope that gives you now. Now, the other teas, the fruit teas, I don't know how they're made. But somebody to Google it. I don't have Google at so you need to Google it and let me know if it's cooked. If the, the um, ingredients inside the tea bag are cooked, and it's the same as making a, 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 a cooked tea, and you can make it in a Kedishishi. Maybe even a Kedishani, no problem. You'll have a problem of, of butter and, and etc. That you might have a problem, but as Bishop, you might, you, you might, you, you probably won't have a problem. Other than that, I don't think there's anything else that's relevant to making our shoppers. So I hope you enjoy your coffees and teas. And the Mezah Shem next in two weeks' time, we'll come back and we'll discuss um, other areas of shoppers. So there's not time for the Vatoya, so we'll have to wait for two weeks' time, Mezah Shem.